0: Now to Singapore, which is famous for many things, including its hardline commitment to public cleanliness and infamous perhaps for the strictness of its government's approach to law enforcement for everything from littering to mandatory death sentences for drug trafficking. Singapore is also fairly well known as a place where costly litigation can be used to harass and deter dissidents and opposition figures. So it takes a very special type of person to try to use the Singaporean legal system to take on the government. Now, next guest on Sunday Extra is one of those people. Kirsten Han is a freelance journalist who publishes We the Citizens, a newsletter. And on her 34th birthday recently, she filed an application for judicial review of the Singapore Police Force's decision to issue her with a conditional warning for contempt of court. What was the alleged contempt? A short Facebook post back on the 10th of May this year that criticised personal costs orders being made against lawyers who are seeking to stop their clients from being executed. Singapore is on something of an execution spree this year. After two years of no executions, 11 people have been put to death in Singapore since March. Kirsten Han is also a member of the Transformative Justice Coalition, which runs the Stop the Killing campaign against the resumption of executions in Singapore and she joins us on Sunday Extra Now. Welcome, Kirsten.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. Could you tell us a bit more about how this conditional warning for contempt of court was issued to you and why you've made the decision to challenge it?
1: Yeah, so I was just called by the police one day when I was on on my way to work and they told me, oh, we have something pertaining to a Facebook post that you made that we have to talk to you about. So can you please come down next week sometime? Uh, And so they didn't actually tell me what it was about. They just said that it was related to a Facebook post. So I didn't know if I was being investigated, if I was going to show up and be interrogated Mm. or what the situation was. So when I showed up, uh, they just said, oh, the Attorney General's chambers has decided that your Facebook post amounts to contempt of court and told us to give you this conditional warning. So it... You know, I just showed up and was given this and it was not explained to me what exactly about the post was in contempt of court. I asked, you know, could you tell me what it was exactly that I said in the post that was a problem? And the answer was, it's, it's just a post. Mm. So I think there's so little clarity. So, you know, a conditional warning tells me that I have to be what they call crime free for 12 months. If I'm not, the Attorney General's chambers reserves the right to charge me for both the contempt of court and whatever new offence they say I've made. And and for me, I'm concerned because as an activist, it, it's very easy to suddenly be deemed to have committed an offence because we have very, very broad laws that suppress civil liberties. For instance, holding a placard in public by yourself could easily constitute uh, an illegal assembly of one person. Yes, indeed. I currently have. Yeah, I currently have two open illegal assembly investigations as it is already. So, for me, the conditional warning was quite concerning because it it came across as, you know, just keep your head down for twelve months, otherwise we're going to charge you for this thing, without even explaining to me what it was that I've really done. That's such a big problem.
0: Indeed. Well, and and I've read the 10 May post, and I must say, I find it impossible to imagine how that could be regarded as uh, contempt of court, particularly because uh, the Singaporean provisions about contempt of court say that a a fair criticism of a court is not contempt. uh, But I suppose the the point of it is the vagueness and the sort of uh, the the sort of trigger that's being uh, wielded uh, above you, uh, Kirsten. So you've decided to challenge it. How will you challenge it? And what Prospects are, are there that you'll get a, um, a you know a fair hearing and a reversal of the this issuing of this strange concept of a conditional warning
1: so my judicial rev- my, my application to begin judicial review um, seeks to get the court to declare that my act of posting uh, on Facebook was not contempt of court and and therefore to void the warning that I was given. Mm and also to get the court to order the police to show me the police report that was lodged against me, because I had also applied to see that and was rejected. So it's it's a way of trying to seek clarity from the courts about whether this post is or isn't in contempt, because I also feel like an issue like contempt of court should be for the court to rule and not for this state prosecution to just decide that this is contempt of court. Right? How can they decide that I have been in contempt of court without asking the court. Mm. So, so this is part of seeking that clarity.
0: And do you know when that, uh, that application will be heard or how it will be determined?
1: Uh, I don't have the details for it right now. Uh, and I'm, I'm not in Singapore at the moment. And in any case, I think in December, the court goes on vacation. So it's likely to just be something that will be picked up again and updated in January.
0: It seems pretty clear, given the the content of your Facebook post on the 10th of May and your activities otherwise, Kirsten Hahn, that sitting behind Mm -hmm. this is what seems like quite a sensitivity amongst the the Singaporean authorities about the campaign against Mm -hmm. uh, the resumption of executions in Singapore. Could you fill us in a little bit more on, on what's happened? And I'd be interested to get your sense of what the public sentiment towards the resurgence of executions uh, is in Singapore in 2022.
1: So we've seen, you know, as you said, 11 men executed this year, and I think for for Singaporeans that that push the issue into into the limelight more than it, it has before. Mm. So this year, we've seen a lot more momentum and a lot more interest in the in the issue than i've seen in the past you know 10-12 years that i've been an anti-death penalty activist because it really kind of pushed it front and center a lot of the times people don't see reporting or get any information about how the death penalty is used but this year we saw for instance um a man with an iq of 69 being executed Mm. you know we've seen Uh, People are asking questions about why uh, death row is so disproportionately made up of ethnic minorities and working class people. So all these questions. So I think the public opinion is probably still majority in favor of the death penalty, but there are a lot more questions being asked. And among young Singaporeans, there's a lot more resistance and interest in joining the movement to call for abolition of the death
0: penalty. And how is that gauged or expressed when people like yourself and uh, fellow activists like van Wam and and Rocky Howe do appear to get uh, quite detailed attention from the authorities for leading these sorts of campaigns? Is it possible to express uh, public disagreement with the death penalties without incurring the sorts of ramifications that you and your colleagues have?
1: Yes, there is. So we see a lot of conversation on social media, uh, particularly among the young Singaporeans, uh, they use Instagram. So, you know, there's a lot of conversation on Instagram about the death penalty, uh, people making posts and memes and getting it shared and trying to get their friends to spread the word. We've had events, uh, so legal events where people can attend and come to a panel discussion and hear from activists, but also hear from the family members of death row prisoners. And in April this year, we had two legal protests in in Honglin Park, which is the only space in Singapore where you can protest without police permission. Um, And it's only open to Singaporeans and permanent residents. And we saw on both these protests about 400 people each show up, which is a lot for Singapore Particularly for an issue like the death penalty. So, we have seen more mobilization and more interest.
0: In August this year, Singapore made international headlines for removing the section of its penal code uh, that criminalised sex between men. That's, that's a, a step forward for LGBTQ plus rights in Singapore. Yeah. Is there any sense that the government uh, might be um, uh, easing these sorts of you know, um, outmoded restrictions and potentially might reconsider its stance on the death penalty?
1: No. So even with Section 377A, we are seeing it's positive that they are going to repeal it probably on Monday. Uh, But they are at the same time going to amend the Constitution of Singapore to protect the definition of marriage from constitutional challenges Mm. and and also to protect all the policies that flow from the definition of marriage, which in Singapore means housing, education, media policy, uh, and, you know, adoption... So they've removed 377A, but the discrimination is still enshrined in a lot of policies and laws. So it's still an ongoing fight. And for the death penalty issue, we've actually seen uh, in recent months a doubling down on the death penalty. We've seen the Home Affairs and Law Minister giving a lot of media interviews, including with the Sydney Morning Herald talking about how Singapore needs the death penalty, that Singapore's death penalty for drugs works, and you know, pushing a lot of this pro-death penalty sort of propaganda. So they've really doubled down. It doesn't look like it's something that they are willing to give up. Uh-
0: Kirsten, it must feel very isolating to be a critic of the government in Singapore. How hard is it to keep campaigning in the face of what appears, at least to me, to be uh, sort of harassment by the authorities? And why are you, um, in those circumstances, pushing back with this legal action?
1: I think it's worth doing and it's worth having people to do this because, you know, these are very fundamental questions about the sort of society that we want to live in and the sorts of standards that we accept and the sort of democracy that we want to see. So, for me, it's very meaningful to do on a personal level, but also when we work with the families of death row prisoners, um, it's really, you know, it's difficult work, but you also feel like there is a responsibility and and a sense of solidarity with these families Mm. who, who have loved ones on death row and very often feel like nobody is going to help them. So, so for me, it's also really important to show that there is solidarity. Yes. But well, I've also found that um, Singaporeans, even though a lot of them might not be publicly vocal, in private, they are very supportive.
0: Right. Well, we wish you all the very best for your efforts, uh, both in that Thank individual you. action and with the Stop the Killing campaign. Thanks very much for joining us on Sunday Extra. Thank you. That's Kirsten Hahn, freelance journalist, publisher of We The Citizens newsletter and a member of the Transformative Justice Collective. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines
1: on the ABC Listen app.